Here we go. It's another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Inviting you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Always good stuff. We enjoy it, and we are ready for the start of football season. College football ready to rock and roll this weekend. And we've got week three of preseason football. And we invite you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring the boys into the hopper. First of all, let's head east and say hi to John and Mike. And Mike, I'm assuming, probably fresh off the golf course. Hi, boys. Hey, Brian. What's going on? I, actually, I've taken a week off. I'm actually um, house-sitting a good friend of mine's house, so it's a little bit out of the beat, off the beaten path for me to actually play an early morning round. I do have to take care of a few dogs, but... This Friday, I will be I will be in attendance for the BMW Championship, which is about three miles from our office here at Kays Valley Golf Course. I'm very excited for the first time. I'm actually going to see a live top 50 entry because all the big guys are going to be there. Um, see it in person, so I'm very uh, very. Excited. Well, let me let me I'll tell you a friendly friendly little nugget. Bet Sam Burns and Keith Mitchell this week. Two good long shots, fifty and on, fifty and whoa, fifty whoa, whoa, whoa. and seventy to one. Well, you got you, Sam Burns and Keith Mitchell. So Brian, you know it's, it's kind of funny. I don't know. I just had a little uh, a memory here. With last time you told me to go run to the track to bet on a horse, I ran to Pimlico. So now I'm basically just running the Caves Valley to bet on a horse. Yeah, but you, just a different type of horse. Yeah, but you only have to bet a little here to win a lot. You don't have to like, dump the bunch. That's truck. what you told me last time. You told me the same thing last time. <laughs> well, he didn't mean a little wasn't five dimes, Mike. Um, <laughs> you know, the, well, the, the, you know, the, the, the funny thing is the horse players, I love people. Like, I had a friend who was at Del Mar over the weekend. And he was, I need some horses. I'm like, okay. So I said, okay, this horse, Evening Sun. Evening Sun, race four. He'll mow him down late. Horses four to one morning line. And he says, I need more. Well, I gave him one, right? Well, the horse comes roaring up, does exactly what we said, comes up, wins from off the pace at five to two. You know, then I guess, give me another, give him another one. And the horse was Sounds like, like our client. Six to one morning line. <laughs> the horse goes off to, uh, two to one, and the horse ran second. And then gave him a third. They just give me another one. They gave him a third one. And so the third one, you know, just puked. Did, didn't didn't run a step. Oh, you heard, you heard about that, didn't you? No, no. Yeah. So it's like at the end of the day, I'm like, you said you wanted. I gave the what I gave you one, and then asked for two more. The one ran second, and the other one ran up the track. And then you know, it's like you're a bozo. Like you, you hung him out to dry. Like. The thing I gave you won. If you'd have just let, if you would have let well enough alone, the, the thing I loved won, and but it wasn't good enough. We'll work the phones here for a week. You'll see that same oh, uh, story over I'd, and over. I don't, over. I don't know. That's your, that's your problem. <laughs> they call us. Give me Dave. Give me, give me Dave's best bet. All right, here's Dave's best bet. Five minutes after the game's over. What do you got? No thank you, no nothing. Give me another one. What do you got? You got the uh, 10 o'clock spot on a Sunday, then you got the 1 o'clock spot Pacific on Sunday, and then it's, like, amazing. I can sit here. The phones blow up at 10 o'clock. You go 3-0 and in the morning. Everybody's happy on NFL Sunday. All of a sudden, right at 1245, right before phones explode, what do you got? What do you got? Everything goes silent. 
And then, of course, right before 5.30, your time at 5 o'clock, people want to know why I live in the office on Saturdays and Sundays because it's a constant callback of what do you got. First of all, what I do want to tell you both in terms – I want to talk about something – Dave, first of all, congratulations. You're born and bred in Seattle. Seattle is now officially the most profitable team in all of baseball. The most profitable team winning $108 more than the San Francisco Giants. If you only bet on San Francisco, you are making big, big, excuse me, Seattle, big, big money. Why? Very simple. They've only been a favorite. 27 times when this is what I want to ask you. And I'm, there's a purpose of this question to you and Brian, when do line makers adjust when they keep making a team an underdog and they just continue to win, win, win as an underdog in football. When that situation happens, the line will go up each week. It'll be baked into the price. The public starts following Uh teams. I just am amazed that in baseball they don't do that. Well, and plus, football we notice it more, and 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 they're and they they kind of overreact, like they overmove it in football. Baseball, they just they just don't give teams credit. They just say, although I have seen the Rockies quite a few times now at minus buck fifty to buck seventy at home, so uh, they're definitely giving them a little bit of credit, but. Yeah, no, Mariners, yeah, yesterday, too, that was a good day win. But they're just not giving them credit. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Or the betters don't. The the betters just think that, I'll use your term, they're going to regress to the mean or then go back to just, a lot of times they think, okay, they're going to go back to being an average team or below average team. or, But, no. Yeah, so there's either value there still moving forward. Or there's not. No, your, your, phone, just, your, phone, your phone is a little better than last week, but not much. Go ahead. Say that again. I think that the betters just aren't giving them credit. Whatever you just did anyway. just now, keep doing that, because now we can hear you perfectly. Perfect. So, yeah, the, the betters aren't giving them credit. That's what I think. That's why they're constantly a dog covering. And people just think, well, they're going to go back to being a bad team. But well, what again, happens, what happens moving forward? I don't know. What do you think? Since you're the baseball expert, John. I mean, what I think basically is if you keep fading teams in the top of your division, you'll do nothing but make money. And if you bet teams in the middle to the low end of the division, you'll do nothing but making money. As indicated by the, the Houston Astros, uh, you're up sixty-seven dollars if you've bet on the Houston Astros this season. They are seventy-four and fifty-two. You're up sixty-seven. Dollars, it's ridiculous. Hey, you're the you're the, the you're stock. the you're the homework assignment guy. I'm curious. Well, it, it, and, and it's in your backyard. I'm, if you started with a twenty uh, a twenty five dollars, say you you went against the Orioles, and you started at twenty five bucks or a hundred bucks, and you kept rolling this a nineteen game so, losing streak. What 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 tax bracket are you in? So here's the deal. I did a YouTube video. I didn't. I don't have the exact numbers, but probably not much. And the reason why is, yes, it's because the other they've lost 19 in a row. You'd be making money just on a normal parlaying basis. It's not the twenty five dollars. It's if you're betting to win twenty five dollars. So what happens is they've lost 19 in a row. The second they're five and 19, you're even on that run. 
because whoever you're betting on the other side, you're laying 250 or more or 300. So the the, the large they they were involved in one game this year. It was 406 a couple days ago. So the highest spread on the season so far has been 406, and that was against the Orioles. So while they've lost 19 in a row, and if you risked how much money did you risk to make 1900? Probably about 9,000. So if you so you probably risked about 9,000 to make 1900. So the second that sneak that's the second they just win five games in this streak, you've blown back all your profits because you're going to lose. If it's to win 100, you're going to lose 250. You're going to lose 300. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Look at the two teams in the top of their division. If you've bet on the White Sox every game, you're down $49 for the season. If you've bet on Houston every game, you're up $67 on the season. If you've bet Milwaukee every game, you're down $475 on the season. If you've bet Atlanta every game, you're down $149 for the season. If you've bet on San Francisco, the only team at the top of their division that's profitable, you're up $2,672. So what you see is there's four teams in the top of their division. Atlanta, you're a loser. Milwaukee, you're a loser. Houston, you're basically breaking even. Um, White Sox, you're a loser. And I apologize. The other winner is Tampa Bay. They're 78 and 48, and you're up $1,678. But keep in mind, you're up $1,678 on a team that's 30 games over 500, while you're up $2,780 on Seattle, and they're only up 10 games over 500. Seattle is 68 and 58, and you have a thousand more dollars in your pocket than a team that's 78 and 48. So I'm going to say it again: fade the teams in the top of their division, except if you accept Tampa Bay and accept obviously San Francisco. But it is amazing and uncanny how many people I talk to that still are obsessed with pitchers and still think that laying big juice is the way to go, and. You know, it, hard habits are hard to break, but I think the the misinformation of handicapping baseball based upon the starting pitcher is, is it was very effective over the years. And you know, again, back to what I said last week when we were on the air, the number one most profitable team in baseball at home is the Colorado Rockies. So while Dave is from Seattle and now he's in Colorado, his book ended with the winning teams. Again, they can't win a game on the road. So, you know, I don't know if you took any credence into what I said last week and may have made money on the Rockies at home, or uh, did you just ignore me and tell me it was a small sample size? Well, I think since you got real into it, they've been favored quite a bit, if I'm not mistaken. They have. It is amazing. I mean, the I line saw... makers did pick up on that trend, right. Right, and I saw it, well, or the betters, or a combination of both. I think even I think they opened one time to minus a buck fifty. It got bet up to one eighty, and I think they covered. They they won by like three runs. So it is pretty impressive. That that was a good call. Dodgers was a good call. And now your official prediction is the Mariners are going to keep rolling or no? What's your official prediction on that? Uh, as long as they keep making them an underdog, keep rolling in terms of making money as a dog for betters. Right. Um, while, yeah, yeah, 100%. In terms of where they're going to be in the postseason, oh, I have no idea. But, yeah, yeah, in terms of keep rolling, yeah, I just I just can't believe. Yesterday, unfortunately, um, 
you know, when you get these early games, we had a 337 start here, 1237 start in Las Vegas on Seattle. And honestly, I just missed it. And this, the second I saw they were again getting 50 cents at Oakland, I'm like, oh, another gift. And of course, I missed it. And they rolled uh, in easy fashion. Um, but again, like I said, you know, we'll get into football for a minute. And uh, I just, that's what I have to say about uh, baseball. What I And then the only thing before we get into actual betting football, I got to ask you, Dave, even though you're in Colorado, you go, you're, you're, you know, you're a resident of Vegas, you go back and forth. And I got to ask you, Brian, we're not, the show has nothing to do with politics. I want to know about financially, if you think the tickets, people that hold season tickets for the Raiders, the value on those tickets will drop because they're the only uh, team currently right now in the NFL of all teams that is requiring full vaccination or no entry. So I'll let you guys run with that before we get on to the betting side. Well, A, they're, they're not going to be the only one. There'll be more. And Well, let's assume right now that it's just the way it is right now. Would it, let, let's just assume there won't be more. I'm just for argument's sake, just for the radio. Do you, like I was saying to Mike, oh, it might be easier to get a ticket now to that Ravens game. I don't think so. Right. I mean, I, I, I think, think I think people have already bought their tickets to come here. Um, first year fans in the stands. The thing that's ultimately is going to tick people off down the road is that there's no parking. You have to pay like a hundred bucks to park and walk a mile and a half. That's that's what's going to torque people down the road. They didn't build that beautiful stadium. Oh, oh you mean I'm confusing Allegiant with T-Mobile? Right, right, right. There's parking at T-Mobile. Right there, I got it. Okay. No, I mean, it's still going to be, you know, Raiders fans are going to come, visiting fans are going to come, and it's, hey, we can come into Vegas for four days and catch a football game. It's not, I mean, you know, it's going to... Well, I mean, but Brian, you don't expect, I mean, out-of-towners, definitely most of them don't have rentals, so the the parking for them isn't going to be an issue. They'll take an Uber over or a cab. In terms of maybe the locals, yes. I mean, the I mean, I'm probably the only guy you know that when he flies and he rent, he he spends more on his rental car when he's there than he does his airline ticket. But most people I know when they fly in, like our group from Georgia, they just they Uber cars, they rent cars. You know, they get an Uber, they get a taxi. They've never rented cars in 20 years that I've been going with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't. I'll tell you the the, the big thing to talk about is going to be. I'm convinced that you know we had like four or five games last year that got moved back a couple of days, things of that nature. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you're going to get these team-wide outbreaks. But I think you're going to have a lot of individual guys missing games. And, you know, does it come to the point that travesty with the Denver game last year, if, you know, a named quarterback – you know, test positive or something. I think on an individual basis, this is going to be another circus act year. Well, I mean, it's just like what happened. It's it's interesting you say that because the the most recent news what happened with Cam Newton, where he is a non-vaccinated player, so he has to go through the protocols of getting consistently tested, and he can't leave Boston. And he actually left Boston, didn't get tested, and now he has to sit for five days. So those situations now, we will see that from guys actually not testing positive for COVID. But if they're not going to, if they're non-vaccinated 
players it's, and they choose not to follow the protocols, they will have to sit. But at the end of the day, you know, th- these rules they put in place where, first of all, there's two things. One, they say, you know, hey, yeah, you're going to forfeit a game and guys aren't going to get paid if, if the outbreak's caused by a guy who was unvaccinated. First of all, how have you ever been able to prove who Typhoid Mary is? I'm serious. How do you know who's the guy that, you know, caused it? So good luck proving that. And then you've got the situation in Buffalo where five guys, four of them who are starters, this week, you didn't know, Cole Beasley, you knew he wasn't vaccinated because he was, you know, doing his thing on Twitter. But all of a sudden, four of the five guys that have been shipped away from the team you didn't know they were or weren't vaccinated. Now you know. They've been sent away from the team for five days. And the irony is they were all in proximity to a trainer who tested positive who'd been vaccinated. I mean, this thing is just going to keep – it's, it's going to be a revolving door. And then well, the, then me, the, but, then get... the, but then the point is that if this situation happens on a Friday – Right, uh, and these guys got to go away from the team for five days. A running back, a wide receiver, a defensive end, a quarterback, and we don't know who who has and who hasn't been vaccinated. These guys are going to miss games. So I have a client that's listening right now. He just sent me a text, and he said, "I want my freedom. I want my freedom." Dave W. in Florida. Here's the thing. What I told him is, I said. Dave's listening right now, so I'm going to tell Dave on the air what I would tell him if he was on the phone, which is this is what I think is going to happen. There ain't going to be a choice. These players are going to be told they got to be vaccinated. If you want to make millions of dollars, just like school teachers in Los Angeles are told you got to be vaccinated, just like health professionals, I think you're going to get two months, three months of this no, nonsense. You, no, you, 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 can't, be- you can't do it. You can't. I mean, Why? no. It's a private organization. No. If the owner it, of the NFL team yes, says, it it is. No, no. It's it's a private. Okay. It's Educate a, me. It's a private organization, but there's a players' union. It's been collectively uh-huh. bargained. They can, they cannot force a private business can do it. Yes, but they cannot force a player to get it, or they'd have done it already. It's it's it, so it's, it's a union. It, what? What's going to happen when, you know, I don't know if any of you guys watch Ted Lasso. It's a great show. I very watched Little too. It's awesome. And it's like, you know, you have one rotten apple on the team. It ruins it for everybody. What's going to happen when a team's got really good prospects? And let's just say, I'm just making a hypothetical, then we'll move on to the betting. Let's just say the whole team's vaccinated except the star player. And now they got to forfeit this game. And you don't think there's going to be inner locker real hardship where there's going to be some blows. Hey, man, just do it for the team. Like, you don't think that's going to happen the, when you're ruining somebody's uh, yes. career that's yeah. on that team? Well, sure, there's going to be chemistry. But, I'm, again, I'm going to come back to you and say, how do you point the finger at he's the guy that started it? You don't know. I mean, somebody else could have been the guy that was the genesis of, you know, so, uh, the, okay, if some other guy's got COVID, he's asymptomatic. And he gave it to some other guy. But they're going to drop the anvil on the other guy. There's no way to prove who the person is that started it. 
the last word on this is let's take last week for an example. I'm not going to mention any names unless anybody wants to talk here on my side. Let's say you wake up, a player wakes up in the morning, they have the sniffles, they feel horrible, they just have a regular old flu or 24-hour sickness. They, and now they have to notify the front office, they have to go get a COVID test. They're not even, it comes back, they're negative, but because of that, they can't even play. This is one of the things that I see happening because, as Mike said to me last week, whenever somebody's sick just with anything, they're going to think there's a possibility to have COVID and go get a test. So you're going to have players that aren't even positive. They're going to basically have to wait for test results. And now it's Friday evening or Saturday morning. The guy woke up with the chills and a fever. It's just the chills and the fever. It has nothing to do with COVID. And then all of a sudden he can't play. That's going to be another issue. Well, no, I mean, that, the tests are rapid, so they'll get the results right away, and if he doesn't have it, then he'll play. Okay. Yes, I mean, they're, they're going to they, – they test these guys four or five times a week easily already, so it's not going to be any different. I mean, look, they got through a whole season last year with obviously some hiccups, and there was a couple big hiccups with that Denver game, which was a complete debacle with no starting quarterback. The whole room, quarterback room, had to sit out. But this year, it's a little bit different because now you're coming – they're speaking the word forfeit. Last year, they just said, look, we'll figure it out. We'll get the games in. They're just trying to play, and they were just trying to fit every game impossible, even if it was on a Tuesday night. This year, they're saying forfeit. Same thing in college. In college, they're basically saying, look, if you can't start a, a team, you're forfeiting. There is no – we're going to move it to the end of the season. So – it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, last year, college, just to transition a little bit, last year a couple, like the Big Ten started extremely late. They had a limited schedule. There was no outer conference games, limited travel. It, the, the teams, we saw such a short sample size before they got into the playoff. This year, back to a regular schedule, back to those outer conference games. Ooh, okay, real, real quick, I got one of my client who's listening on the radio just texted me, if there's a forfeit, do we win our bet? No. No. You just cancel the bet. Right. No, so I mean, in any, individual, like any individual game is a refund. But, if, well, but if, Dave, here's the thing. You're, you're betting all these games, let's say Tuesday, Wednesday, you're trying to get the best of the number. When you talk about um, variance, how, how is this going to affect variance when you have – when you bet – 40 games on Tuesday, you got the best of the number. I'm just using this as an example. And nine games get canceled between college and NFL combined. Isn't that going to make your variance, mess your variance up at the end of the year? No, not my variance. It's just it would lower your win rate uh, if you're because it's less games, so less volume. It really hurts in the contest, though. Like if you turn your entry in early and then all of a sudden they, the, the game's canceled, that, that's where it really hurts you. So my tip for the day, turn in your entries in, at the last minute, everybody. And then if it gets canceled after that, uh, you didn't know, and it could your other game you picked could have been canceled. So it wouldn't really bother me there. But if I turned my entry in like Friday and then the game got canceled Saturday morning and I could have turned it in Saturday afternoon, then I would really be bothered by it. So that, that's where I'm thinking about all this. But I did learn a lot from you guys talking about COVID and the players. That was great. But I'm not really sweating it well, myself. Well, I want to, let me ask you this in terms of statistics. So I sent uh, Brian a text message uh, last week that the Baltimore Ravens have now tied Vince Lombardi's uh, Packers 
for the most preseason wins. The la- now this is this is a lead into this this Saturday. The last loss the Ravens had was in preseason in September 15, 2015 against the Washington Redskins at that time. Now to break the record, they are laying four on the road. When I say on the road, it's a joke. You could throw a coin from Baltimore to to D.C. They're both stadiums are in Maryland, Landover, Maryland, from Baltimore, Maryland. So do you think um, this is an overlaid number, Baltimore minus four? This is the game everybody's going to bet. Everybody now knows it's all over the wires. They're going for the 20-game season win. They're going to be the number one winningest team in preseason of all time, and it's against the team that actually they lost before their streak started. I'll let you and Brian and uh, Mike run with that since it's the Ravens game. I think I think it's going to be I think it's inflated just just based on the fact that the that the public knows that, and and it actually is an exciting thing to bet in preseason, which there's never anything exciting in my opinion. So yeah, I think so. I think it will probably close higher too, and it's an auto bet spot uh, to fade it. The I think Washington at post. Exactly. You love auto bet. You you like when I say auto bet. So there you go. I love and, when and you say when I say auto bet. I smile. Yes. And definitely pass when the line goes down. But I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Do you think they're motiv- They're super motivated to get that record. I'd be betting Baltimore all day long. How bad the coach for Baltimore the, 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 told, told, told everybody that he didn't even mention it to the well, team the last game? The, you know, that listen, was made up. The, the Huntley kid, he's running around, you know, making a name for himself, and he's playing like Lamar Jackson. So they're getting solid play out of their quarterbacks. But th- this is a thing now. I mean, we all knew about it. We've known about it for years we've talked about it. Well, now it's like this streak is getting stupid. I mean, you know, in a game that does shouldn't matter – and it doesn't matter, but Baltimore's wearing this thing like a badge of honor. And oh, by the way, Baltimore's used this stuff to come out of the gate and kill people in the opener. I, I you know, I think Baltimore is actually invested in winning this game when push comes to shove. And I think the thing you see in preseason football, better teams win these idiotic games in the fourth quarter because. Their guys, 50 through 85, are way better than the ordinary team's 50 through 85 guys. So if you're getting decent quarterback play, they want to win. And, yeah, I mean, Washington, I mean, at the end of the day, oh, that's their regional rival. Washington would love to snap their streak. It's a preseason game. It's idiotic. Baltimore only cares about the Steelers. That's nonsense. That no, I'm talking about Washington. I'm talking about Washington. Oh, may act, okay. yeah, may yeah, act yeah. like, but big. what's the big deal? So what? You broke their preseason streak. It doesn't matter. The thing, actually, it's, it's like a thing for the Ravens. The Ravens hang their hat on this stuff. Can I ask you a question? No, let's say you lay, let's say you lay four now. At what point, Brian, would you take back Washington? At, at what number would you play the other side? Just curious. I I would probably force the best. What it is now, I'd go with it. There are no key numbers in preseason. You know what I mean? I mean it's not yeah. like it's not like there's there's. I mean, listen, this is nonsensical stuff. This is 
It, it is, it, but but you can make but money. It's fun, like he said, we have a reason to be f- no, but, watching a preseason game. No, but but right, I mean, right. we're excited about that game. Everyone no, no, but here's the here's the point. I mean, uh, I'm I'm trying to remember what the line was last week, but uh, the gift from the gods has been Denver. I mean, you know, I laid a goofball number in the preseason game with Denver. I mean, then was Denver six six and a half? On the road at Seattle, I'm like, that's a gift. And they won 30 to 3. You've got Denver with Bridgewater and Locke fighting for the starting job and both playing well. And the other teams could care less. These guys are trying to win a job. And here's Denver again this week. I mean, it's a number that's out of control. But I'm telling you, I'm, I mean, still, my- I'm, I'm still laying the 8.5 with Denver. The Rams aren't right, playing my- anybody. They told you they're not. Well, my only issue with the Ravens game, and then we'll let Mike chime in because Mike's painted in purple right now, is um, I don't like laying over four. I don't like I don't like that number four, Dave. I'm I'm kind of with you that I wouldn't be shocked if they won by three. John, it's not a football alive. game. It's oh, it's they, not it's a, a football. football it is not a football game. When's the it, last time I texted you about a preseason John, game in ten it, years it, since it, I've known you? It is preseason nonsense. Don't talk about four like it matters. Or I don't want you know uh, you know I mean I, I don't know the auto bet thing all of that. It makes no sense. This is this is ridiculousness. This is preseason nonsense. You're sitting there going, I got a pretty good idea who's playing on this team. I have no clue who's playing on the other team. You're throwing darts. It's it's educated. It really is educated guesses. But do your work and find out the information. But, I mean, you know, because of games, like Dave's asking, when do you buy it back? Either that, I think they're going to kill them or they're not. I mean, yeah, at some point the number gets out of control. I mean, you know, don't go overboard with the number you last witnessed. All right, the Bills killed the Bears. All right. Big deal. Trubisky proved everything he needed to prove last week. He shouldn't even be outside the stadium in the parking lot. You're going to have the third and fourth string quarterbacks, and they're making the Bills an eight-point favorite over the Packers? I mean, the the Bills and the Packers, these are two good football teams. I'm telling you, there should be five passes in that football game. Both of those coaches should walk out to to midfield, shake hands, and go, run the ball every play. Let's get the hell out of here and not get hurt. Well, you're actually doing your homework. Well, I mean, on look, stuff. yeah, he, it sounds like he has a good feel for for each situation. So I like that. I mean, preseason, ahead, it's not about homework. I mean, I mean, Dave, I, my personal opinion, I did have the Ravens in the first two games just <laughs> just for the simple reason is I truly believe they try harder. In the preseason, you don't need to but, 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 I've never to seen a coach yeah, but Michael, so fired up in the fourth but, quarter. There's but, no reasoning behind it, Brian. There's but no my, but Michael, how right. how can you bet one of these games seriously without doing homework? Seriously, how, how can you how can you possibly bet one of these games without doing the due diligence? What's the quarterback rotation? Who's even not who's who's not playing? You got to do more homework on these games. Well, you got to do five well, the times funny, the homework in these games. The the unique yep. part it, you do, and just to do a little second and third layer to that question is now what you're seeing is they're doing the inner inner scrimmage games between two teams. Those two teams happen to play the preseason game at the end of the week. Similar situation with the Eagles game and the Patriots game last Friday night. I was 
doing some research regarding the game, and the coach for the Eagles got enough out of his starters on defense in the practices during the week where he gave them off for the preseason game, whereas the Patriots, they had two starting quarterbacks, basically, that are in a way auditioning for the starting role. They rolled out, the Patriots rolled out their starting offensive line, starting running back, starting receiver, starting quarterback. Defensively, they were limited. But you're talking about the, the, the gap between talent from the starters to the backups is so huge well, that they rolled them. Here, they, they here's the thing. Them. But again, you don't know that unless you do your research. But mark this stuff down because we talked about this for two months and said this will be the goofiest preseason in the history of football, and good teams, starters don't even play at all. Don't Not one, one snap. Won't even play. They learned they could do it last year. Preseason football is a completely different animal. It, it's similar in many respects, but there are so many new things that are now part of the equation. And you just hit on one, Mike, and, you know, do, if anybody wants to do the homework, let's see. But for next year, mark this down. These teams... It's not like they're doing a scrimmage with a team during the week. That's what it used to be. Now the teams are playing on the weekend. They're getting together and doing two or three controlled staged practices. So the starters in a controlled environment where the quarterback's not going to get hurt, they're getting all their work done against opposition, not their own team, during the week. And then you get into the preseason game, it don't mean a hill of beans to them because they did everything they wanted to do during the week in practice. You just had the Niners and the Chargers. You had the Raiders and the Rams. And the games are dead unders. They get into the preseason game and nobody's playing. So when you find these teams, now the, the Patriots, I think, had the scrimmage and they murdered. I, I, had, I, I think they killed the Eagles. The Eagles are a dog's breakfast in the preseason. But the majority of these teams... If they're doing these controlled practices, the games themselves are dead unders because they're not going to show anything. They did it during the week when nobody else saw it. Yeah, and it's, that's what we thought was going to happen going into the preseason, and now you're seeing it firsthand where certain teams simply do not care and they're not even rolling out their starters at all. And then other teams, you're seeing the starters are playing the whole first half. Because they're auditioning, there's a lot of quarterback. Um, there's a lot of battles at the quarterback position on numerous teams, and you're seeing that. And so again, it all goes back to what I said about the Ravens. There was no logic, except we are better than any other team in the preseason for the last few years, and I stick to that. I, I do believe that our well, coaching staff pushes harder than the Bills, than the Seattle Seahawks. You like how I just mentioned the two teams? But, oh, but, Why do you have to call it? No, no, no. But oh, oh by the way, <laughs> you, you, do you know who has the second longest uh, winning streak in preseason? I believe it's the Bills under, McDerm- under, under McDermott. I think they've won eight in a row. I mean, you know so, what they say: if you're not first, you're last, Brian. But I would tell you this: I uh, yes, the intangible, the cherry on top of the Sunday is the Ravens now care. So we know that. So so I went in, and I'm looking at the Ravens going, eh, you know, I mean, really? I mean, well, who's playing? And I looked, and McSorley's questionable. Well, the first game, I went nowhere near it. 
Then I watch the highlights. You got to be excited. This Tyler Huntley kid, you know, he's out there pretending he's Lamar Jackson. So not only do they want to win, they get a quarterback that's making plays against, you know, the other team's third and fourth string. So there's actual reasons to play Baltimore on top of the fact they're good at it and want to win is this kid can make plays. You got to be excited about this kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what? Honestly, I'm not yeah. too excited about him because of who he's playing against. He's come in and spot duty before, and I'm not. I don't have an opinion yet of it. I mean, the preseason always looks good for certain guys, and I've seen them when they play against top-notch competition. The you know playing against the ones, they struggle. So I hope he develops more. That's why he's able to sit and learn and understand the game of football in the NFL versus college, but he is does look promising. I still like McSorley, but again, it, I already know. If Lamar goes down and he's not the starter, we're not going anywhere. We might be able to hang in games because we have a good defense and just control the clock, but we're not winning anything substantial if he goes down. So I don't even want to get into that realm of worrying about our backups if they come in because of COVID, because Lamar's now vaccinated, and he may see it out of game, fine. But I need my horse to be ready and rolling all season so we could actually get over that hump in the playoffs and not just win his first game like he did last year, but actually parlay that into a potential Super Bowl. John, who'd you bet in the Little League World Series? You degenerate. Man, let me. I, uh, yeah, listen, I got to ask Dave a question. Dave, we got 17 yes, early college football releases that you've put out to your members. 17 college football releases so far, without mentioning any teams for the non members, because if you want to be a member, you got to call. Um, are these lines moving? Are they staying the same? Are they moving against you? Are they moving for you? Let's not mention any teams, just as a whole. Has, have you gotten? Have you beat the number yet, or nobody's really in, in moving I would, these lines? Well, I would say, I would say it's neutral so far, because you really can't judge the line moves until the week of the event. So, so for example, next week the limits will go up on on most of those games, and then we can kind of see where we stand at that point. So, I would say neutral. Uh, some so some would you say moved, that some so, good, some bad. Got it. But you don't realize. Okay, got it, got it. And then, are you? Um, did you did you go to that Colorado game? I told you last Friday that guy Tyler, whatever his name was, there was no way he was going to win two games in a the back to back after the no hitter. Did you go to that game? No, I did not. Nope. I haven't got been it. to a Rockies game now in like a month. Got it. There's but a no, ro- double no. header today with the Rockies, but they're on the road at the Cubs. So keep in mind, they don't do very well on the road, um, but they're cheap prices today, 30, 40 cents on the road. Obviously, I'm not going to mess with those situations. But, uh, uh, Brian, what's your personal – were you shocked with the Raiders' decision? Because I never texted you before we came on the air and asked you. Were you shocked with the only vaccinated fans' decision? No. Yeah. That they would be the first team in the NFL above all other teams? That's what well, I mean. Well, the governor called a press conference and clearly had talked to all the teams. So 
the governor did a press conference saying, you know, he's encouraging teams to do it, and an hour later the Raiders said they'd do it. So, I mean, that cake was baked, you know, after that press conference. The hockey team's yet to do it, but they've got the luxury of time to see how the Raiders thing goes. I, it may be the tip of the iceberg that I, I believe other other places will follow suit. I don't know. So you weren't shocked. I'm, are you shocked with anything? You're what? You watch the news? <laughs> Good point. Good point. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, Good honestly, point. one day to the next, uh, you know, one state to the next. You know, I mean, this is a it's, the whole thing's a hound's breakfast. You know, but it's. It's certainly trending that way. And, uh, Dave, let me ask you, with the appetite of – I think the handles in college football, week one of college, Saturday, this uh, – yeah, well, wow, three days. Um, I think the handle this weekend is going to be insane. Like, I don't know how Brian keeps track. Brian, you can get that public information. I'm sure, you know – the Hawaii-UCLA game, the Fresno State-Connecticut game, all of them. Saturday is yeah. just going to be wild. And they're, they're all – I think they're in – they're all island games. So, I, I think fading the – I think going contrarian will have really good value that day, which you guys obviously so that's know kinda, that. I'm telling – That's kind of like what yeah. Dave – you're talking about the travel issue like Brian always talks about? No, I'm just talking about in general. The, the public side there – uh, with everybody eager to bet, it's finally here. Going contrarian to the public will have really good value that day. I, I think nationwide, uh, we'll, we'll we'll be able to get good good value right at post. So I'm I'm excited about that, and uh, that's my plan. You're not playing yeah, any Canadian yeah. football this weekend? <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, what about you? What about you? You're still mo- mainly going to be totals on these games. You're still more more inclined to do totals than than uh, sides. Uh, it's funny. The, yeah, the preseason I actually, like I said, jumped on on sides and totals. I really enjoyed the preseason. Got involved a lot more than I have in the past. But generally speaking, when the regular season gets here, yes, I'm like a. At least 60-40, probably more, 70-30 to totals. It's a funny-shaped object, right? Goofy things happen with backdoor covers, but to me, if you're right over the 60 minutes pace of play, uh, I, I always believe totals are the safer play. What is it? What's, this, what's the old statement, guys? When you bet the dog in the under, you start the game winning, waiting to lose. And when you bet the favorite <laughs> in the over, you start the game Losing, waiting to win. Well said. <laughs> you know, did, did you make that I mean, up? I look at these. No, I saw a bookmaker told that to me a long time ago. He says, listen, listen, John, when you start the game and you're on the dog and the under, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. You're automatically 2-0. and oh. You're waiting to lose. That's how he said it to me. I never <laughs> forgot it. This is what when you first started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school bookmaker from Brooklyn. <laughs> He says, think about it. Everybody likes to bet the favorite in the over. They're automatically 0-2, then second the clock starts. <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, Mike over here, you know, like Mike's, Mike's looking. Mike's talking about the, 
Ravens possibly going to the Super Bowl. But what I would say to you, Dave, is the Ravens might be in that Dodgers category where they might get close, but they might not be covering because they're going to have their number and they're going to overinflate these lines. So back to Brian's team and back to Mike's team, Buffalo and the Ravens, I would not be surprised if they're under 500 against the spread at the end of the season. I mean, I agree. You know, I agree with that. Uh, let's see what they think. That's their teams. But, you know, that's that's how I'm thinking as well. It's Buffalo. Buffalo, I think Buffalo is the most public team this year, right? So, One of well, they them were the most profitable. More. They were the most profitable team against the spread last year as well. So you're coming off. They covered more than any other team except the Miami Dolphins last year. They were the number one team. But don't don't forget, let me tell you something. I mean, I do believe... I could be wrong, but I think the Bills continue to trend upward. I, I like the improvements they made, and they built towards this where they feel it's their time now. I'm of the belief Cleveland could regress a little bit where Cleveland kind of happened overnight. Hey, that was a cool story, and I could see Cleveland. I still think Cleveland's going to be good, but I could see them – you know, regressing a little bit, but the, because both of those teams, if you think about for the longest time, they were always, you know, they were always the hunters. Now they're the hunted, and the, and and you got the weight of expectations. I think the Bills are further along in the process than the Browns in that regard, but at the same time, those weight of expectations that also jumps into the betting market and the public, and both of these teams' numbers will be inflated, and that you know that's going to make the difference in. You know, two or three games ATS over the course of the year, I believe. Now, are you personally okay with, like, you know, betting against the Bills? Or you just lay off them completely. Like, let's say they're laying 10, and you're like, well, I'll root for them to win, but it's too many points. Or do you just, as a personal, just, I, don't, I just want to root for them, and I just don't even bother? No. I think there are ways you attack certain games. I think well, one of the things the Bills have to get better at, let me tell you this, is closing games out. And they, they take and shoot holes at the running backs, and that's a mistake. The running backs are fine. It was the schemes where the running backs, every handoff they got was a delayed handoff in the shotgun position. When they line up and run the ball, they're fine. I think the Bills are going to put a much bigger emphasis on running the ball and have the ability to close games out late. But I do believe they'll be fast starters in a lot of these games. So I think the, the way you maybe you get – you get the best of that number when it's inflated is maybe to play the Bills in the first half. And then they, you know, and then they get a lead and take their foot off the pedal in the second half. The, but the Bills were very fast starters last year. Mike, any input? Well, the good news about all this is we have real, real football yes. this Saturday. Real football that matters that you're actually going to get a win and a loss for. Yeah, the Ravens to beat the. No, no, I'm just no, joking. No. I'm joking. I'm joking. And then <laughs> right after, it's always the precursor. And then we have the following weekend, which is going to be the big weekend in college football because this weekend's just spotty with the games. They just just get us a little amped up, just a little appetizer. And then right after that, we go right into a fantastic Thursday night game followed by the biggest game of the year. No, I'm just kidding. But the first game at your stadium right there, Brian, in Las Vegas, where the Ravens come in there for the first ever game with fans at that stadium. 
in a Monday night affair. So I couldn't be more excited. This I, I get so pumped up for this time of the year. I almost like psych myself out because of all my fantasy lineups, my survivor pools, my pick 'em pools, and then all the games on top of it. It's like it's it's information overload. Let me let me let me ask you, Brian, and then I'll ask Dave. Brian, are you like? Do you think? I remember the first 15 years in this business, there was no football on Friday. And then I look at the schedule, and it's like Friday, September 3rd, one, two, three, four, five. I mean, I just think these players, I think that extra, like especially if you play the the Saturday before, obviously week one it doesn't matter. I just, I've never had good luck betting those Friday games. I just think that players are a little off on a Friday afternoon when they're usually normally playing on Saturday. Do you buy do you I mean you remember when you were younger there was never football on Friday. Yeah, I mean you you definitely got to take a look at the schedule if in the opener it's no big deal, but like in the meat right. of the season if you get it it's like, it's like the NFL teams playing on Thursday night. You only basically they spend Monday in the ice tub, Tuesday they install a game plan, Wednesday they do a walkthrough. I mean, how do you ask these guys to practice and play a game on Thursday? After being in a bunch of car accidents on Sunday, so you got to look at the right. schedule, you know. But um, and and then some coaches are better at it than others. I mean, that you know, the, the coach matters in that situation. How he manages minutes and his preparation. Dave, you get ready for these long Saturdays and long Sundays that are coming up. I am. I'm a little anxious. Nervous, whatever you want to call it, I always get kind of antsy. I mean, you I literally like sit in front of the screens for hours. It's funny, uh, Brian. You've never seen. It. I've watched him on a Saturday one day, just never, no TVs on, just computer screens. Never once looking at it, like never once looking at a game, just firing all day long. When they say screen, my, screen. What's my theory about watching games? <laughs> Brian doesn't like it. <laughs> the sign of weakness. Right. <laughs> well, you love that one. No, well, no. I mean, I'll. It's one of two things. I mean, it works for you, so God bless you. I mean, you could say it's a sign of weakness. There are other sides to the coin. I could In say, well, I'm going to go with it's a sign of bravery and pay you the compliment, <laughs> at, as opposed to it's a sign of stupidity. <laughs> but if it works for I mean, you, hey, D- David, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I might turn my TV on this uh, this Saturday, though, guys. I don't know, just to hey. hear the announcers. And guys, time flies, man. We can't wait. Next week, we'll be getting ready for the games as they're about to be for real. Have a good week. We fight you folks to check out the website sportsinsiderradio.com.